0: We have Mike Natillier on the show, WWL Radio TV New Orleans, Mike D, college football, NFL insider, and uh, he knows Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher well as they spent time together at LSU and made the magic happen, right? Uh, LSU was kind of out in no man's land when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. They'd have a good year and then they'd lose their way and have a good year and, you know, and so once they went through, you know, DeNardo and Archer and Hallman and all that stuff, they hired Nick Saban. The rest is history. And now they're a monster again in the world of college football. And Saban got it kicked off. Jimbo was his OC. That was back in a, kind of a three-yard cloud of dust age. But it still, it worked, and, and they won it. And they went head to head a couple of weeks ago. We'll see if they rub elbows at the Sandestin Hilton this week or how that looks as far as sec spring meetings. But we welcome in Mike D on the Corona premier guest line. Mike, I know you've talked about it on your show. And I think with Blake last week, but I was out. So as someone who knows both men and, uh, have covered both of them, uh, were you surprised that Jimbo Fisher got so personal? about and kind of lost his, you know, control of his emotions. Were you surprised at the way Jimbo reacted to Nick Saban's comments?
1: No, I was surprised about uh, Saban being personal and pointing Jimbo and Deion Sanders and Jackson State out. I wasn't surprised about Jimbo. Uh, I was surprised about Saban. I'm not saying he wouldn't say it privately, but to say it publicly uh was surprising to me, to be honest with you. He's he's normally a very calculating individual and in what he says, how he says it, uh <laughs> uh doing junkets with him when he was at LSU, uh it got to the point where I could say the speech as well as he could. <laughs> he said the same speech wherever he went. It it never really changed. And uh uh, he only reacted um, I would say differently one time when he got pressed about a a, a certain high school player that had been highly recruited and uh, did not have a lot of playing time his first two years at LSU. And he sort of got pressed on it by a few people near the high school players' home. And uh, finally we saw the valves go off on him. That, you know, if he was that good he'd be playing was his final comment. He was diplomatic the first two times, but the third time the question came up, uh, he <laughs> you saw the real saving, so to speak. And so I think uh I I would I categorize it similar to how LSU fans feel about Nick. It's not that they dislike him, is that they fear him. <clears throat> I think Nick's comments about Texas A and M is not, nothing about uh him liking or disliking Jimbo. He fears him. Fears that what could happen at college station in a state that is uh you know bulging at every end. Uh, with football talent, uh, money to back it up, and uh, a football coach that has won a national championship and could contend for another one. And it's been the it, – I think if you asked every football head coach in the SEC, what what is the one team you might fear in the SEC over the next five or six years uh, I think virtually everyone would say a and m hmm. they wouldn't say georgia they would say a and m hmm. and so I think his reaction had everything to do with nothing personal against jumbo the fear of a and m that would could potentially be there uh if if this continues, and sort of a cry out to his supporters and people who write checks that, hey, if we don't snap out of this real quickly, look what's to our West. Did he react like that when Ed Ogero and LSU won the national championship? No, he didn't because he didn't think it was sustainable. Now, again, name, image, likeness wasn't in place back then. But You know, again, this is a little bit more than something personal between the two guys. And, you know, listen, I've been around Jimbo and he's he's never said anything negative about Nick. Uh, He might not have liked. And and there are people that have stretched that rubber band about them not getting along. Uh, I think they always got along. I think. Maybe at times Jimbo didn't like that Nick pushed everybody to the brink, LSU at times. I mean to the brink, players and coaches, and that was not what he was used to being around. And and, you know he brought up Coach Bowden, and you know Coach Bowden was a different personality than Nick, totally different personality. So. Um, I think that's been stretched, so to speak, and where there there's always friction between coaches that have different thoughts on how you can motivate players and other coaches. Uh, I think a lot of that is being made out of nothing, because if he didn't like it that much, how come he stayed? Right. If, if Okay. Jumbo could have went a lot of different places at, at when he was at LSU. Why did he stay?
0: Because they were winning, and Saban's the dude.
1: Okay, and so you know he could have went somewhere else and and been you know successful there too. So you you understand that what a lot has been said, I think, is 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 stretching the rubber band on their relationship. Yeah. I think because he has always been very, very highly complimentary of Saban, always has. But then this touched his button. <laughs> Two West Virginia guys, you know, and they got a lot of pride between one another, and I think that that really irked Jimbo uh, to the fullest, really did. That Saban would signal him out along with Dion. In Jackson State. Signal them both out.
0: What do you think? That's As you said earlier, that's not like Saban. That's unlike him.
1: some Something got under his skin that day. Okay. I, I'm just telling you, <laughs> being around that guy, you know, it, it, something triggers him off. And I think something triggered him off that day. That is why he went off. He can apologize all he wants. The cat's out the bag now. And other coaches are going to use this. Oh, uh, the the great one says it's okay for him to get paid. It's okay for him to have commercials. But he doesn't want you to get money as a high school player. You don't think every coach going up against him is going to use that exact same line. Now, will it work? <laughs> Remains to be seen.
0: Probably not.
1: But I think you're gonna hear it more and more. Hmm. And uh, it was a get off my lawn moment. <laughs> was. For Nick. It was. It was legit. It was a legit get off my lawn moment for Nick. And listen, it happened. But you to know, everybody. Mike,
0: listen. Mike Dettelier on the Out of Bounds Show, Jimbo could have easily, you know, had the press conference. Maybe said one, just one line. Hey, I'm really disappointed, really disappointed in what Coach Saban said last night. Um, Nothing could be further from the truth. Everything we're doing is within state laws, and that's all I'm going to say about it. He went on and on and on and lost his temper and and lost control of, of his emotions uh, that's why I don't think Jimbo's got the stuff. I know he won it in 2013. That may as well be 30 years ago. But I just, I, he, if you talk to people at Florida State, he acted like a child left and right down there, and he left that program in shambles. I, I'm, I'm just not sure, Mike, that he's got the metal and the stuff to go all the way through the SEC and the National College Football Playoff with that kind of, you know, attitude.
1: Okay, uh, knowing him, I'm going to tell you, that didn't surprise me one bit because he is a little, he's much more emotional than Nick is. Much more emotional than he is. He's the only assistant coach I ever knew, especially during the saving time frame. Uh, if you called him up and said, Hey, coach, you, uh, you want to do 20 minutes tonight on WWE? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Man, listen. No checking with nobody either. It was, yes, sir, I'm ready. (laughs) That was the one thing with Jimbo. Uh, And he's a much more emotional person than Nick. Hold on, so you're telling me. I'm not going to argue with that. It's just the way he is uh, personality-wise. Oh, wow. Um, There's a lot more to this Florida State come apart than – football-wise, to be honest with you. I, I think years from now when people are going to dig into what's happened there over the last few years, you, you're going to find out uh, that there's that's a lot of inner workings at Florida State that, that came apart at the seams. Uh, it, it didn't work for Jimbo, but how many other coaches are, uh, are going to have passed through there before it works for them? You think this guy's going to win at Florida State? Norvell? You think you think Norvell's going to win at Florida <sighs> State?
0: Probably not.
1: Nah, ain't No, probably. It's a not. He's not going to win there. I'm telling you. Uh, it's not going to work. Uh, the, the structure there is not set up for him to win. It's just not. And so it, that's going to be a lot more to that than meets the uh, eye. So... Uh, that didn't surprise me with Jim Bodo. I mean, just his, his personality. Now, again, can he win it at, at A&M? It's going to be interesting uh, because, boy, I think the one thing that press conference did was also show he's feeling a little bit of the pressure.
0: I agree. To win. I agree. I do.
1: And I think some of that came out of him personally. Yes. that It's not just nine wins, ten wins. Man, you can talk about that all you want. We want a national championship. <laughs> and, and listen, uh, it, it eats away at a lot of coaches. And uh, Pete Jenkins had one of the best lines uh, when uh, he uh, he has this camp every year, Louisiana line camp, the biggest line camp in America, uh, out at, at Nichols State University in Thibodeau. And um, – we in the car one day and we pass in front of a, a church and and this old old school church with a ton of people, uh, burial grounds. He said, Mike, look at that burial ground. It reminds me of all the coaches that think they can beat Nick out of a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and and he's right about that. He's right. They got a lot of them. He's laid to rest, mm-hmm. so to speak, coaching wise. Um, because of, of how he's done it and the pressure to not just win one, but win more than that, and the pressure is going to be on Jimbo to win and win big and get his team into the sec championship game to play Georgia. Mm -hmm. That that's going to be the pressure on him and you feel it in him and you hear it in his voice.
0: All right, what Mike Natalia on the out-of-bounds show talking Jimbo and Sabin on the Corona premiere guest line brought to you by sound and communication, soundcomav.com. What about, you just said that Jimbo way back when in the early 2000s, he was the only coach that defied Saban's rules as far as assistant coaches. Don't talk to the media. He didn't give a flip about that. Mike
1: didn't care. Wow. So care. we we had a producer and uh he knew he was the go between between coming on with us at WWL and 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 the connection and it was never turned out never and it was immediate he made that phone call <laughs> and he was yep I'll do it <laughs> and he was regular, man. Man, listen, he he loved that flamethrower after 7 o'clock at night, you know. <laughs>
0: Did it drive uh, Saban crazy?
1: I, you know, that part, I don't know. He, he never spoke about it, and I never asked because uh, it was, you know, just what it was. But uh, Jimbo was on. And, and one thing with him, um, you know, when you prepare for a guest, uh, and a lot of times if it's a coach, you're trying to get three, maybe four points uh, across. Like Bobby and I work together, and so, you know, with us, it's like eight different questions. Man, you would never get beyond four with Jimbo. I mean, because he would talk so damn much, you know, (laughs) he would eat up all your time. And so – he, he was he was wonderful with that. Uh the the only other guy I could say that did things similar as an assistant was Greg Williams when he was the defensive coordinator with the Saints. He he was marvelous with that. <laughs> I would have had him on every week if we could've bad. Uh, but it wasn't the case. And we didn't have Jimbo on every week either. But he, he again, when if you prepare and you have those certain questions you want to ask. And I'm always a listener. So I want to hear something that I can throw maybe back at him. Uh, I guarantee you, I, if we had each of four, you never got past two. The three and four, you never got a chance to ask because you were ate up with time. Jimbo would just go
0: on and on. So Mike Mike D knows Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher um, and covered them and so on. And as we, we get this feud or whatever you want to call it going, it's just going to add, as as Mike is alluding to, it's radio gold for Mike and Bobby and for us here. Mike, so he's the only guy that I know of that's defied him, even as much as Lane, Kiffin, and Sabin butted heads. Uh, Lane never crossed that line, and Lane loves the media, but he never crossed that line on defying Saban's orders that assistant coaches don't talk to the media. And I, I'm thinking about several big car- – as far as I know, Kirby Smart uh, hit longtime D.C. in and, and Tuscaloosa. Um, Will Muschamp. Yeah, Will Muschamp. Will was here. Bill O'Brien, Sark. None of these guys defied the Saban rule or order. And you're t- I didn't even know because I wasn't keeping up in oh one two three four, you know, um, with all of that. So as far as we know, Jimbo Fisher is the only one that thumbed his nose at Saban's media rule, right?
1: He's the only one that I know that would be a regular with us. Wow. And, uh, man, listen, he was his own PR machine. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he was really good at it, too. Now, now we did have Bo Pelini on, uh, on a number of times, too, but not to the extent of Jimbo. Uh, but Jimbo was really was great on the air to talk and he never really gave you much of anything <laughs> you'd ask him a question and he very much was hank stram like you'd ask him a question and by the time he finished you forgot what you what you <laughs> asked him and then hank was famous for that uh, you'd ask hank a question and i think about that today joe namer 79 years old today and um uh I put a couple of different things online about things, and uh, in, in talking to Pete Rosell and talking to Billy Cannon and what they said about Joe. And I remember asking Hank about Joe, and by the time he finished, I, I had forgotten that I'd asked him about Naaman. <laughs> I mean, he he just he gave me such a long speech. Uh, he he didn't. I I do know this about Joe with with uh with Hank. Hank did not Hank thought he was undisciplined. He thought he was immensely talented, but he was undisciplined. And so, but believe me, he gave me about 14 minutes of of an answer that he could have really answered in about 2 minutes. And uh, but that was that was Jimbo, too. Jimbo would get, you know, you'd ask him a question about a player and he would never answer it. And he would go all around uh, the tree, but he would never stop and get, the uh, you know, uh, the shade from the tree. I mean, he would he was great at it. Hey, listen, I, I got nothing against it, other than you know, kind of answer a little bit of it. At least Hank answered a little bit. Did Saban? I'm not sure really answered any of it.
0: Did Saban ever, uh, in a roundabout way, either through an SID or chief of staff, never ask never. y'all to stop having Jimbo on, Mike? Nope. nope. Okay. I
1: think he, he. I think he had heard it too. And I think he figured, what the hell? I mean, he's saying nothing, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so, but you know, it was it was funny to listen to a lot of the stuff, uh, you know. And I think about it throughout the years um, with different coaches, and everybody's got a different personality. Mm-hmm. Jimbo's personality has really never changed, <laughs> as an assistant coach or a head coach. Does he really answer a question you ask him? Think about it today. Does he really answer it? No. He and he was like that as an uh, assistant coach. Uh, okay. He really was. Uh, now again, um, his offense wasn't in place at LSU. They won with defense. Sure,
0: pounding the rock, game. baby. It, it, yeah, it,
1: yeah. Was, it was a short passing game. Uh, they they did a, a they ran a lot of different formations. But it was mostly short and immediate stuff. They never really pushed the envelope deeper no. downfield, even when they had people like Rohan Davey mm-hmm. and Matt Mark and Flynn, uh, you know, and and even early stages of well, not Jamarcus because he was uh, he was a he was a miles guy, but they did, they didn't do anything there either. And the uh, thing about it is Jimbo stayed for less.
0: I, which is still,
1: which is mind-boggling it, to me. It, but that, it is that told me that he had not been offered the right head coaching spot.
0: And and didn't was there were rumors? I don't know if we're going to have enough time. I've only got a minute. There were rumors that Saban blocked him from UAB or or Sam. I don't remember. That was so not, long that's ago. What I
1: don't, that part I don't remember. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't okay. think that Nick would have. I wouldn't either. It sounded silly, but who Nick knows? Coaches are crazy. Of a head coach in, uh, opportunity. Okay. But, man, you think about that staff. And, you know, uh, Derek Dooley was here. Mm-hmm. And Will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was an it was an all-star staff. It really was. Nick Nick really did an unbelievable job. But Jimbo always sort of was the face behind the face.
0: Okay. We'll leave it there, but we may do this again next week. Mike Dettilier, D-d- at Mike Dettilier on Twitter, WWL Radio TV New Orleans, Mike D on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Mike, that was fantastic. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. I mean, he's arguably the best storyteller in the business. Uh, the show is brought to you by SoundComAV.com, providing leading-edge visual for businesses, sports facilities, baseball fields, football stadiums, arenas, churches, you name it. Top-quality audiovisual. SoundComAV.com. Hour number three, coming up.